Asia Pacific Currents. News and labor issues from the Asia Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest、uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock on Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the 12th. No, 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 the, 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 uh, the, the, the 9th. The 9th, yes. Look, I just make up the dates. You know, you make up the weather, I make up the dates. I think it's all the same. And if I asked you what tomorrow <laughs> is, what would you say? I'd say tomorrow is International Human Rights Day, the 10th of December. The commemoration, unfortunately, I mean, I don't know if anybody quite remembers this. It is the anniversary of the、um, formation of the League of Nations,、uh, a, a post World War II body that was actually designed to prevent、uh, the spread of. Communism following the war. So, anyway, that's what we're celebrating tomorrow is International Human Rights Day. Two minutes past nine o'clock. This is Asia Pacific Currents. I'm Giselle. And I'm Pierre. And I'm shocked Giselle, at such a grasshopper, would have such a、uh, grasp of historical <laughs> analysis. You All must, right, Pierre.、Uh, All right.、Have. Why don't we tell listeners what your face looks like this morning? For those of you who don't know what Pierre looks like and you just casually tune into the show, <laughs> Pierre is the man that was wearing the orange t shirt on the front page of the Herald Sun and a few、He、other had... newspapers. <laughs> yeah.、Uh, yeah. So, can you at least reassure the listeners that you're, you, you're not concussed? We don't think you have an acquired brain injury, at least not from that event, perhaps historically.、Um, perhaps maybe from the verb. Stouching and、uh, that you,、um, you carry out every week against me. But,、uh, My understanding is that's why people tune in. Well, thank you. Thank you for your、um, uh, what's the right word for, for your caring words, Giselle. <laughs> and yes, I, I'm fine here. And、uh, as you can see from the, from the banter, but then again, we've been bantering for three minutes. Maybe think, people will think maybe he has lost his marbles <laughs> and he just keeps rabbling, rabbiting on now, but we won't. <laughs> shall I, shall I tell listeners what's coming up on the show? No, well, I was no, going to say,、okay. have you mentioned who brings the APC? No. No, that's right. No. See? All right,、so. all right. Okay, we'll do things the way we've always done them, you <laughs> traditionalist, you. <laughs> of course, Asia Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us on the web, all the w's.aawl.org.au.、Uh, we're on Twitter and Facebook. Find us on those social media platforms. But if you want to email us, you can write to us at aawl.aawl.org.au. And that's right. And on this week's program, we've got the usual round. Up of news items. We've got a num- quite a number of them, so we'll have to be quick, but also in the second half, Giselle. That's right. I spoke with、uh, Walsan Liam. She is the International Officer of the Public Transport Workers Union in South Korea.、Uh, one section of one line, Metro 9,、um, have gone on strike. So I interviewed her about that particular strike and a few historical issues in that particular union. That sounds,、uh, I'm sure it'll be very interesting. The Korean working class has got an amazing history. But let's quickly go to those news items, Jill. I think you've got the first That's one. That's right.、Uh, so, those death squads in the Philippines are back on the move. In the space of two days, 10 labour and human rights activists were killed in separate shootings on the island of Luzon and Mindanao. All the victims were shot by the military or paramilitaries. These murders coincided with the announcement by President Duterte that the police will go back to the front lines of the war on drugs.
This campaign has unleashed death squads throughout the Philippines, resulting in a bloodbath where over 10,000 people have been murdered extrajudicially. The current situation in the Philippines has become so bad that it has surpassed even the worst days of the Marcos dictatorship. It's hard to describe uh, really what's what's happening there, unfortunately. And staying in the Philippines where um, uh, Piston National President and uh, uh, KMU National Council Member George San Mateo was arrested this week in controversial circumstances for organising an illegal strike. San Mateo had been about to enter the Justice Building to post bail when the police swooped on him and arrested him. The charges against him relate to his involvement in the very successful two-day strike by thousands of jeepney drivers earlier this year. San Mateo's arrest is quite clearly an attempt by the government of President Duterte to intimidate activists and crack down on workers organising. In Bangladesh, according to latest reports, in the last month alone, at least five workers were killed and many others injured in a string of separate incidents. Falls, explosions and falling metal parts are the main cause of these deaths and injuries. Sorry, comrades, this is on the shipyards in Bangladesh, by the way. The fact that these incidents are repeated over and over again indicates a total absence of meaningful occupational health and safety measures. While the social and political situation in Bangladesh is highly repressive, with workers continually prevented from organising, initiatives like the Shipbreaking Workers Trade Union Forum continue to push to increase workers' safety and living conditions. I mean, it is just a reflection of the absolute brutality of the government in Bangladesh that you can't get a meaningful union movement to arise from the ground. They just get clobbered as soon as they rise an inch. Uh, That's right. Uh, um, I think you've described it very well. I think it's just uh, barbaric what's happening there. And uh, if you actually go and look into the links in that news item and you actually read some of the accidents, it just um, uh, words fail me, really. Uh, We now go to Australia where, um, as we mentioned at the the start, um, uh, Marlo Yiannopoulos, Came the well-known USA far-right propagandist uh, did a uh, Australian tour over the last two weeks. Now Marlowe is a mouthpiece, or one of the mouthpieces really for the far-right in the USA, and is backed by um, important far-right news outlets like the Breitbart News Network and capitalists like billionaire Robert Mercer. In Australia, he was able to meet um, fellow right-wing um, personalities in the media and also. He had uh, what can only be described as a loving in Parliament House. Uh, while thousands paid to hear uh, his hate speeches, anti-fascist protests met his performances in Adelaide, Perth and Sydney, while uh, in Melbourne we witnessed the biggest protest, um, which lasted around six hours, involving in, uh, large numbers of people from the migrant working class communities who live near the venue and uh, we'll um, put up uh, news reports and photos about these um, on our website um, later tomorrow. And now to a big dispute in Melbourne, Victoria, but that has international uh, reach and we've covered the international parts of it. You must be living under a rock if you haven't heard about the current dock workers dispute here in Melbourne, Victoria. A casual worker employed by the global stevedoring giant International Container Terminal Services was dismissed. Um, He's a staunch unionist and he had been complaining about bullying and harassment by the company. Actually, the facts of that are also that 
he uh, he didn't have an uh, MSIC card, which is the security passes to get onto the dock. But 22 workers didn't have these MSIC cards and he was the only one that was dismissed. So it's actually a clear targeting of this particular worker. A community protest has been established outside the workplace to support the worker. The MUA has been trying to establish minimum standards for wages and conditions. ICTSI is, a notorious, global, is notorious globally for its union busting and we've um, we'll put some links on the website to some other uh, material, but also you should listen to 3CR's Stick Together program, which did a feature story on this, uh, and that's been linked everywhere if you look it up. Um, their chief executive is on record as saying that countries with the best infrastructure in the world are dictatorships. So that gives you a sense of this particular company. There is a 24-hour community assembly. Get down there, 78 Web Dock Drive in Port Melbourne. And Giselle, you were down yesterday for the for the rally. Uh, I di- I actually couldn't get to the rally, right. but I understand that there were about two thousand people there from right across the union movement to show and pledge their support for this dispute, which is shaping up to be, you know, a significant yeah. one. People are reminiscing about the nineteen ninety eight Patrick's dispute. That's right. Um, all right, and the, the the photos, I couldn't get down there as well, but the photos looked fantastic. And now we go internationally as well. Again, I think you would have had to have been living under a rock if you don't know what's happened over the last few days in regarding to Israel, Palestine and Jerusalem. Um, following from uh, Trump, President uh, Trump, uh, unilateral declaration of recognizing Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, there has been continual protest over the last three days uh, all over Palestine. Unfortunately, they've been met with uh, brutal repression and latest reports are that at least two Palestinians have been killed and um, close to 800 have uh, required medical treatment. Um, the, uh, and it seems all Palestinian schools have um, are closed due to a strike action by the education um, uh, workers. So um, there you go. It's certainly a uh, developing story. And in Iran this week, the workers at the giant Haftape sugar cane plantation and milk complex in Shush, Khuzestan province in western Iran took a series of industrial actions in protest against not being paid for over four months. This, this uh, sugar cane plantation is, uh, features in our news regularly. The workers at Haftape have a long and proud history of militant resistance. Uh, the workers and families are in desperate conditions and need your support. An international solidarity campaign has been started. The Canadian Union of Public Employees has also put out an international call for the Iranian government to stop the repression against labour activists. Actually, Iran is one of those countries, similar to Bangladesh, where uh, the brutality is so fierce, except uh, because of a a longer tradition of organising militant... I mean, let's face it, we can call it Stalinism, that uh, the organised workers' movement is able to rise more than an inch um, higher than the ground before they are brutally repressed. That's right. And hopefully, hopefully, listeners, for our last uh, show next week, before the our end of the year break, we will be having an interview with Iranian workers, but uh, we're still working on that. Now, to our last news item um, is, again, it's a bit of a, I'm not even too sure how to, uh, to introduce that. It comes from India, where there's been a study looking at the occupational incidents and and the results of workplace safety in India. 
the, this study has, um, has concluded that um, every year 48,000 workers die at, at work. So that actually um, makes it um, well over somewhere around 120, 140 um, um, workers dying every day at the, in their workplaces in India. This is a um, a, a gigantic f- figure, uh, and that ov- obviously doesn't include um, workers being injured or even um, um, occupational diseases, which um, then take much longer to um, to um, to create. Uh, damage to to workers so um that really shows the the need for um a strong union organization in india that's really the end of our news roundup for today um we'll uh, go to a short community announcement and then we'll be back with the interview with uh Walsam about the uh metro line strike in seoul south korea and it's just on 13 past 9 o'clock here on Asia Pacific Currents on your favourite community radio station, 3CR Radio. And, of course, I forget. How could I forget, Giselle? You I won an award know. last night. I did win You're an, an award, award last winner here at 3CR Radio. Congratulations. Why, thank you. It only took me 18 years. But, you know, you take the wins where you get them, Pierre. Well, thank you kindly. No worries. We hope to see a photo of that on the, on the um on the website. Oh no, soon. there was no evidence. We just we you know, were hoping no one would ever find out. <laughs> this is Irene Bolger, former secretary of the Nurses Federation in Victoria. Throughout the nurses dispute in 1986 and the waterfront dispute in 1998, 3CR was always there, broadcasting the voices of workers in struggle. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio and we're broadcasting live from the Bay to Chicken Strike here in Melbourne. We've just seen all of the thousands of nurses walk through to their meeting and people from different unions showing their solidarity. 3CR, radio for the workers, by the workers, since 1976. It's 15 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. This is Asia Pacific Currents. Our next guest is Walsun Liam. She is the International Officer of the Korean Public Servants and Public Transport Workers Union in South Korea. There's a major dispute in the Korean railways and Walsun starts this conversation by describing the dispute. We have uh, members of the Korean Public Service and Transport Workers Union, KBTR members, who are working in the Seoul Metro Line 9 Segment 1, which is about 25 stops, uh, are on strike. They've been on strike since November 30th, and the main issue is that this line is being operated by a French company, which is a joint venture between Transdev, which is the largest uh, private operator of public transport globally, I believe, and uh, RATP Dev, which is a sub, uh, subsidiary of the Paris Public Transport uh, Corporation. They, these two companies are uh, have a joint venture, and they are operating the, the Line 9, and they're, they're focused on making a profit as opposed to guaranteeing decent working conditions and safety for the workers and safety for passengers. And so staffing levels are very low, such that uh, the driving time is really long. 
technicians and uh, are working for uh, very long hours with not enough, with not enough uh, time off. And there are a lot of stations that are staffed by just one person, although it's really, really busy. And so all of this means that uh, workers are really fatigued. And that, of course, has an impact on safety for uh, over uh, 600,000 people who are riding the subway every day. And so our workers are calling for uh, increase in work in the number of workers on the subway so that they can have decent working conditions and guarantee passenger safety. So what does the industrial action look like at the moment? We have been on strike since November 30th. And so the... Uh, it's unfortunately, in Korea, there's a there's a really high requirement for minimum services, and so the the work that actually the minimum services requirement is about 60, 60 to sixty four percent of the workforce has to remain on the job at the same time. The rest of the workers have come out on strike. It's we've had a hundred percent participation, um, and these are young workers. They were unable to form. They've been trying to form a union. Uh, until the beginning of this year had been unsuccessful because of pressure from the employer, but finally were able to, to form a union. Um, and so they're on strike for the first time. And so they're very energetic, even though, you know, there's some tension around it being the first strike. They've been uh, doing protests and out in the subway reaching out to, to riders to get their opinion about what needs to happen to create a safer, better uh, line nine, and they've been also also been taking the time to do a lot of education, union education. And so um, we have had them at the office of our of our railway workers union, um, participating in different types of education courses. Um, and it's been both a learning experience and also a moment uh, to let the public know about what the problems are with this private operator uh, in line nine. This whole metro is generally. Uh, publicly run and the conditions are really different from the publicly run lines and obviously the safety implications are different from what we see in the other lines. And what is your sense of the company in relation to whether or not it's going to negotiate with the workers and uh, accede to some of the demands? The company actually, there's so there's a French manager here in Korea and there have been negotiations have been going on, but the company's position is that they have to pay a certain amount of dividends to back to the parent companies and investors every year, and they're not willing to give up give up those dividends to change uh, the operation of of the subway or to increase uh, number of workers. And so, they have agreed to uh, a certain a few increases, like an increase of a, of a small number of workers without cutting into the dividends. At first, they were asking workers to take a pay cut in order to make that happen. Now they're saying that they can uh, do some rearrangement of other other parts of the company in order to make it happen, but it's, it's nowhere near what is actually needed to guarantee safety and decent working conditions. And so we are, we've been at a sticking point in negotiations up until going on strike and, and there's been some meetings but without a lot of progress since the beginning of the strike and so we have you know it's it's actually a rather complicated governance structure because uh the Seoul city government gave, has uh given this um contract for operations of the of line 9 actually first to some korean investors and those korean investors then again, have recontracted out to this French company in order to actually operate the line. And so there are a lot of players involved. 
and we are calling on the Seoul city government to intervene as well to to inc- to regulate and, and mediate to get a solution. And we're also calling on the parent companies back in French in France to step in and uh, make a decision that's needed in order to have a real increase in the workforce. There has been some support from unions internationally. You mentioned the French um, support that you get or the support you're getting from France. But what, what about the, these companies in many other countries? Have you um, looked at and, and garnered support from other places? Yeah, I think it's really important for workers in these two countries to um, to learn about each other and start to build, I mean, sorry, workers in these two different companies to learn about each other and, and start to build solidarity. And so uh, we have been reaching out to, uh, to the places where we know that there are unions in TransDev or RITP uh, companies. The support from France has been really great and also from the European Transport Workers Federation's uh, rail section where there are both rail and subway uh, unions involved, they passed a resolution in support and, and noted that they have members in, in these companies around Europe and um, are willing to continue solidarity actions. And then we've also had some contact with uh, workers in transdev companies in New Zealand. Um, they've had some industrial action recently and we've sent some information back and forth and pictures. And so I think uh, in time we'll be able to do solidarity back and forth uh, with those workers. Other than that, we need to learn more about um, the uh, two companies' global network and where there's unions and to start build that, building that solidarity. And I think that um, this is a first step, and we have, we've been putting feelers out. And this strike actually happened rather quickly, quicker than we expected to. So, um, But the, the dispute is not going to end. I think just with this one strike, it's going to go forward. And so we're going to continue to work on building that solidarity. We have seen quite militant activity from the Korean labour movement, particularly in railways. We saw the massive strike of 2013 uh, where workers were really solid sticking together. Do you think this dispute is going to be as big as that? And also, what's the um, what were the wins of that particular um, dispute that you're hoping to um, add to or, or the gains that you're hoping to build with this one? In uh, Actually, the long-distance railway workers have had two major industrial actions since 2013, one against rail privatization at the end of 2013 and one against uh, the introduction of discriminatory performance-related pay and termination system at the end of last year, which that one was even longer, went on for 74 days. And through those strikes in long-distance rail, we've been able to, I mean, it, it changed public opinion, and so there's uh, support for keeping the rail public and integrated. And uh, we also have now a changing government, in part because of the struggle of workers. And so we have a government now that is committed to uh, public rail, and stopping privatization and stopping liberalization. This is, is really great for us. And and now the, the strike in the metro, it's not the same group of workers, but in some ways this is the first step to also a struggle to keep the metro public and, and safe and accessible. And uh, what's really great is that in this struggle, some the, the workers in long-distance rail uh, who have, you know, they've, been in industrial action many, many times and have a lot of experience. They're helping to impart that experience 
to the workers who are in this line, particularly younger and have less experience. Um, and so that's that's one of the positive things that we're able to build on. In, in at, at the same time, this is a first step for us to build public support and a campaign for the uh, a fully public metro and an integrated metro under one operator in the Seoul area. And so um, I believe that the strike that we, in the, the union, our affiliate in the uh, Seoul Line 9 specifically has made this, uh, it's not a, uh, a unlimited strike, so it, it will, the first round of striking will end at, uh, tomorrow night if uh, it goes according to plan, but it's the first step to a longer campaign, and hopefully that campaign will build and again be one towards uh, winning fully integrated and public uh, transport in the Seoul Metro. You gotta remember, Nine Ops a special day for us, fellas. That's a reminder who we are. Every year for NAIDOC Week, 3CR Community Radio gives voice to our Indigenous brothers and sisters through Beyond the Bars, Australia's only live prison broadcast. I am a black, black man. NAIDOC means a lot to me. It's about identity and also about past and present. NAIDOC means a lot to me for my family and my people. And the people forgetting about our rights. You can access audio from current and past Beyond the Bars broadcasts via the 3CR website. Go to 3cr.org.au forward slash beyond the bars and either listen to or download audio from Australia's only live prison broadcasts. Happy NAIDOC! This year, thousands of people seeking asylum will spend another holiday season incarcerated in offshore prison camps and Australian detention centres. Men, women and children are separated from their families, living in horrendous conditions and have no certainty of their future. Join the Asylum Seeker Resource Centre to let them know that they are not alone and we hear their plea for safety. Sign the open letter to deliver a message of hope to people seeking asylum and refugees by Christmas. Visit addmyvoice.org.au, a 3CR supporter. It is 27 minutes past nine o'clock. That interview that you heard was Walsan Liam. She's International Officer for the Korean uh, Public Servants and Public Transport Workers Union. Um, we'll upload this to uh, the APC page on 3CR's uh, um, website so you can listen to the podcast. Also, in those announcements, you did hear... Um, a plug for Beyond the Bars. They were another award winner last night at 3CR's award night. So um, they took the prize for Best Outside Broadcast, an extraordinary effort. They went out to six prisons in five days and recorded the voices and stories of Indigenous um, inmates during NAIDOC week. So uh, get on to that. Uh, get yourself a copy of that CD. That's right. And um, we're really coming to the end of um, of another program, which uh, is the second last program of the year. Another fantastic year, Giselle. And, um, but if sta- we do say so ourselves. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I, I agree. I, I can't see anyone complaining or disagreeing with us in here. Yeah, that's because I've... Had conversations with them and manage all the complaints myself. Actually, well, that is, we, we are going to finish up very soon uh, and take our summer recess from this particular program. Um, we are going to try and get that Iranian story. You can imagine how difficult it is to touch base with comrades there, but hopefully we come through on that. That's right. So that's all for us 
today. We'll be back next week. Stay tuned for Palestine Remembered. But that's all from me, Pierre Morrow. And me, Giselle Hannah. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.